The blast from our past network. Welcome to Comics Underground, a podcast discussing comic books, graphic novels, and more. I'm your host, John Spees, and with me today is the always vivacious Miss Mary Tess. That's what you're going by Mary Tess these days, right? Yeah, Mary Tess, or Tess for short, you know, either one. Well, I know that you know me by Tess, so I'm cool mm-hmm. with that. <laughs> so for uh, anyone who doesn't know Tess, basically pod this podcast basically is I like to think of a pseudo-continuation of her podcast that I loved so much and was devastated when it ended. (laughs) And I needed an outlet to discuss it, which is why I started this one. Um, But would you kind of introduce yourself to everyone? Yeah, hi everyone. I'm Mary Tess, or Tess for short if you'd like. Uh, I I was the host of the ongoing comic book discussion podcast that uh, went from 2018 to 2021, or to, I don't know couple years um and i ended it in october and i jumped over to creating a podcast with my super cool friend shells from the ready to retro podcast we have a uh, a nostalgic podcast a nostalgic pop culture horror a little bit of everything podcast called the nerd mm-hmm. twins and we're just having the best time um but that's so sweet that you miss ocd i know sometimes i have my <laughs> moments too where i miss talking about the comics that i'm reading it's like you read a comic mm-hmm. and it's like wait but i can't talk about this with my friends now <laughs> I know. yeah and that ultimately that's what led it led me to deciding to go ahead and start this is because i i wanted an outlet to talk about stuff and i i wanted a, an excuse to buy more comics so this way when people suggest things i have to get new stuff so yeah <laughs> me Made it much more easy for me to be like, well, I got to go back to the comic book store. I got to get this one, or I got to order something off Amazon. I know. Or get I it on Comicsology or something. Book store. I have such a long list right now, and because like, because with OCD, I would read them and then I'd go, you know, review them with my friends. So I'd have a reason mm-hmm. to get through them. But right now, I'm just like, I kind of get sad. I like look at the pile and I'm like, that's a great pile, and I really need to read it. But then I need <laughs> to talk about it. Um, but I love going to the comic book store. Even when you go and you get a comic that you're not going to read for like six more months, it's there waiting for you when you're ready. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's nice. And, uh, honestly it's, it's been nice, uh, just kind of starting this one out, uh, mostly because I've gotten a lot more variety of, of comic books to, to, you know, to review with people than I think I normally would have read on my own. Oh, really? Okay. Um, just you know, t- uh, especially you know, um, uh, Dean's title when he sent it to me. So it's a book called Four Kids Walk Into a Bank." <laughs> I knew nothing about it. I looked at it. I'm like, this is not something I would have picked up otherwise, and I enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, and so a lot of these are are ones that are they're graphic novels and and comic books, but some of them are not sort of the tra- uh, most of them so far have not been the traditional superhero ones. Yeah. Which has been a nice change. Every so often, though, I do enjoy uh, you know a good superhero one, so I'm, oh, yeah. I'm glad to keep those uh, you know going in. Absolutely, and that's what's cool about a podcast like this is that when you invite people to come on and bring on their comic, then you're introduced to a whole other world of story. That's the reason why I love the comics that I do because all my friends suggested them. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me so I totally feel that and like everybody has a different story that they gravitate towards like you mentioned the superhero or like 
you know, the, the, the cool indie comic that nobody really knows about, but they like the author, they like the, the artist, you know, it's like people Mm -hmm. are going to comics for different reasons. And it's fun to find out why people gravitate towards the comics they do. Absolutely. And, uh, I was not surprised, but also kind of pleasantly surprised at your (laughs) suggestion for today. Um, today we are going to be reviewing Batman White Knight presents Harley Quinn. Yes. <laughs> yes. I love this. I love this series. I'm sure you've read the series. This is the third in the, the White Knight series and the White Knight mm-hmm. caught me by surprise. I don't know how it found me. I didn't buy it. I think somebody gifted it to me and I read it and I absolutely fell in love with it because of Okay, so we have all these Batman stories, and don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. I freaking love Batman. I, I love me a good Batman story, good Batman take, good Batman villain. But like when it comes to the White Knight, it just flips the script. And we've got Jack Napier, aka the Joker, coming in, and he, you know, the Joker goes quote sane for a sec, mm-hmm. and you realize how smart the Joker actually is. Um, you know, when he's a little more in a, a more balanced state. And he really highlights, and I know I'm jumping over what you're probably going to say. No, go ahead. He really highlights, um, like, the fault of Batman because everybody in Gotham looks at Batman as, like, this this hero, this legend, and he does everything right. But then, and I'm not talking about just the citizens of Gotham. I'm talking about the readers as well because we look at Batman comics and stories and you're expecting to be like, Batman saves the day again. That Batman, Mm -hmm. he's so cool. But like these, it's like Jack Napier, a.k.a. the Joker, he flips the script and he's like, yo, uh, this guy ain't so good. He's taking all this money from Gotham. He's, uh, you know, weaponizing himself with these weapons, but he doesn't like help out the Jeep, uh, the Gotham Police Department um, and their weapons and their their tools and their vehicles. And, you know, why is he, you know, he's he's really mm-hmm. creating this narrative and he's like rewiring people's thinking when it comes to Batman, not just the citizens, but us as well as readers, because it's it's all valid points, <laughs> you know. And so every single character that's introduced in this, I think it's just three parts so far. If there's more, I would love to keep reading. Mm-hmm. Um but in each character, it's like it flips the script on each character, including this third installment of the series of Harley Quinn. It's, it's yeah. like there's actually two Harley Quinns. And Harley Quinn is actually like she fell in love with the Joker, with Jack Napier, and before he was the Joker. Mm-hmm. I think it's just a beautiful story. I've never seen anything like this or read anything like this. Yeah, it was definitely uh, a different take. Now, I have to be honest. I bought the first two installments of Batman White Knight. Yeah? Didn't actually get around to reading them yet. Oh, that's I, okay. Oh, did I just I, ruin it for you? Well, no, because this book kind of ruined parts of it for me. Yeah. But that's okay. That's fine. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's it's hard to avoid you know stuff like that sometimes. Um, so yeah. real quick, just to kind of go over the uh, nuts and bolts of it, uh, this, this particular series was uh, written by Katana Collins and Sean Murphy, and the art was done by Matteo Scalera and Dave Stewart. And we'll, we'll get to the to the art and all the other stuff in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so you said you were gifted this one. Do you remember by who, or it just, just, it just kind of showed up in your collection? 
I think a little bit of both. It's probably my husband, John. He probably <laughs> brought it home and was like, here you go. And I'm like, ooh, what's this? But, uh, yeah, it's uh, it, it just showed up. And then I was like, he goes to the comic book store. He'll be like, what do you want? And I'll give him my order just like I would like a grocery list. You know, I'm like, wait, okay, I need to read this one next and this one next. And he'll go grab it. And then every time he went to the comic store, I'd ask him to get the, the White Knight series. Um, it's, oh, man, I really hope that you, I know you're reading 100 comics right now, so all good. <laughs> Forgiven. You haven't read the first two. Um, but I hope that it is on your list at some point because mm-hmm. it just... Like that's a whole series. Like we could, I could come back on and we could reverse it. We'll do the second one the next time, and then we'll do go the backwards. First one. Yeah, we'll Benjamin Button this stuff. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, okay, so the kind of description is a little bit lengthy, so I'm going to read some of it. Yeah, go for it. Um, but it is important to know. And actually, when I started reading this, I didn't read the back. I I didn't want to read the description. I was like, I'm just going to jump into it. Mm-hmm. I probably should have read the back because there was some stuff that I needed to know from the end of White Knight that I didn't know. So literally at the beginning it says, the Joker is dead and Batman is behind bars. Yeah. <laughs> you kind of needed to know that going yeah. into this. Uh, and it says, two years after Asriel wiped out Gotham's deadliest villains in Batman Curse of the White Knight, which actually sounds very interesting and I can't wait to get to that part. Because mm-hmm. actually I don't actually don't even know who Asriel is. Uh, okay. Uh, mm-hmm. I know who the Marvel Azrael is, but I don't know who DC's is, so I'm, mm-hmm. I'm interested in that. Uh, the stage is set for a new criminal uprising. From the shadows, a visionary mastermind known as The Producer is assembling a colorful roster of new rogues, headlined by the alluring recruit Starlet, an actor turned serial killer with a vendetta against Gotham's Golden Age film stars. And that's a good good stop. Right there. The, it goes on to kind of... Uh, uh, Summarize more things, but that's a that's really all you need to know going in mm-hmm. to yeah. start this. Yeah, and the I um, I haven't read this series in probably like uh, close to a year now, so I went back mm-hmm. to the second one before we hopped on to record. And uh, Asriel's, if I'm not totally mistaken, um, I just read the back half of the second one. <laughs> he's like uh, he's like this legend of the Wayne family, and he's kind of like Batman, but it, I think he's there to symbolize like a. Uh, like a like a dark darker side of Batman kind of deal, but uh, the good thing is he's not in this third one. And he's not really important in the third one. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the two things you need to know is the Joker is dead. Who in the second one? Do you want me to tell you who killed the Joker? No, I want to. I want to surprise that. I want to okay. get that one as a surprise. Okay. Well, the Batman. Do you want me to tell me? What, do you want me to tell you why Batman's behind bars? <laughs> <laughs> um. Sure. I'm not sure that one's really gonna he's, read too much into that. Go ahead. Okay, he's behind bars because he revealed that he's Bruce Wayne. Okay. Yeah. That honestly, that makes sense. Yeah. Honestly, mm-hmm. I don't know how Iron Man didn't get arrested when he uh, when he revealed himself to be Iron Man. It's the Marvel universe, man. Things happen and they just happen. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and that honestly, that's why we love them. Mm-hmm. We just keep going. Here, here. So we we start out uh, with a honestly with a little bit of a, a flashback. We do. Uh, to when uh, Harley Quinn meets uh, Jack Napier for the first time, and she is go-go dancing. And he yes. makes a very he makes a very important point to uh, to say this when uh, you know someone one of his crime buddies calls her a stripper. She's not a stripper. She's a go-go dancer. Yeah, get it right, pal. Yep. Her yep. clothes are very much on, and they yes. are not coming off. What I love about this is that 
like I mentioned before, she she's like, let me get let me get this. Let me make sure that you understand this. I knew Jack before he was Joker. Mm-hmm. I loved him before he was Joker. That's why I fought for him even when he did he became Joker and he did the stupid shit that he did. Right. I think um in the in the grand scheme of of this story this particular version of Batman, it does help to let you know why she was so devoted yeah. to him. Puts a little bit more of a, a psychological dependence on on maybe her need to always be with him and, and stuff and maybe why she turned so mm-hmm. easily for him. Right. Right. Whereas what we know traditionally, she met him in Arkham as his psychiatrist and she fell in love with him as the Joker because she's part crazy too, you know, but this <laughs> one, it's, it's totally, it flips the script. I love mm-hmm. it. It makes more sense. I feel like it grounds both characters way more for me and it just feels more believable. I mean, I don't know mm-hmm. if I could say things are believable in the comics world sometimes, <laughs> but if I had to be grounded in something, right. I, I can be grounded in this story. Yeah. I'm I'm a little torn only in, and this is just my personal taste and preference. I've never cared for the whole Jack Napier mm. uh, aspect of the Joker. To me, I, I I have much more I I much more enjoy not knowing who he was mm-hmm. in the past. I know that in some as in some variations of the Joker, that's how they they they'll play it is that you don't really know who he is. And personally, I like that. Mm-hmm. But in this case. Since our focus is really Harley Quinn, it's not so much on the Joker, except in flashbacks. And it's stuff you do need to know. It actually, it helped a lot having not read um, the first two books, uh, seeing her relationship mm, right. with him. Isolated, right. I yeah. got to. Even though he really, he really plays no part in the story, per se, at least the main story, because he's already dead, obviously. Um, but it is it is helpful, and you're right. I feel it is a little bit more grounded in reality mm-hmm. for her to have this really. I don't. I don't know if I would call it codependent relationship, but um, very attached. Very attached. Right. Well, she. I mean, I don't want to skip too far ahead yet, but sure. she tries to heal him. That's why she's mm-hmm. attached. Is because she wants yeah. to figure it out. He's a puzzle that she wants to figure out. And I can get that, you know, if, if there's somebody that I love so much and they start mm-hmm. doing evil things, you're only going to want to see the good. Right. You're only going to want to see that. And you're going to say, you know what, I can bring them back from this. Um, it's it, they're, they're not beyond redemption. Exactly. And I can and understand we, that. A lot of people have done that. They stay with someone because they're like, no, but I see them mm-hmm. for who they really are and who they want to be, not for this angry side of them. And that's another reason why I love this book is that because they hop back and forth between his two personalities, learning to, he never learned to quite meld them into one and, and embrace his shadow side, as it were. Mm-hmm. Um, he likes them to be very separate. And so she sees the side that she fell in love with, and she's also like, but I love you for your for your crazy violent side because I feel like you're trying to say something, and I feel like mm. it wants love, and I'm here to love you, but you can't believe me, you know? And it's it, I think that's why I love this story because that's just, like, we've all been there, you know? Yeah. We all know that person we've loved, but there's a side of them that doesn't want to be loved. It's, it, was a little, it was a little weird. I, uh, I just finished reading this book. Uh, the other day, 
and decided to watch this documentary called Our Father. Have you heard it or heard of it or seen it? No, what's it about? Um, I remember the news story when it came out a few years ago, but I had not seen this documentary. It is about a doctor in Indianapolis who was a fertility doctor who ended up using his own semen in patients to the point where they have found 96 children. <gasps> Did he, like, not use the father's? And in some cases, own? yes. In <gasps> some cases, in some cases, he... Um, it was, you know, like he told them that he was using medical students. And most of this was back in the late 70s through the 80s. Mm. Um, it wasn't it's not that recent because um, most of the most of the children were grown up, you know, our age about that point. Um, yeah. But he said that he was using medical students, but he never used it more than three times. He was lying. He was just using his own. He was literally going into the back room. He would take the patient to the room. He would himself go into the back room, get his specimen, however you want to take yeah. that. Gotcha. And then go in and insert it into the woman. And in some cases, the fathers went in to, don to um, donate semen, mm -hmm. and he didn't use it. He used his own. Oh, my god! So there were a couple of cases of, of interviews where the, the, the children were like, I had to have this discussion with my father that he wasn't my father Whoa. because of what this doctor did. And what this is leading me to, first of all, it's a chilling documentary. It's easy to watch. It's only about an hour and a half. Mm -hmm. um, but at the end... There was no technical crime committed by doing this. And wow. so now there is. They've actually amended the law because of this. Um, but he, d he did lie to investigators, which is how they got him to trial. That was the only way they could get him. Um, but he was an elder at his church, and every everyone in the church was, you know, sent in letters and stuff in favor of the doctor. And it reminded me very much of this, that whole mentality of, I know this person is a good person. There's either no way this person actually oh, did shit. this or there yeah. has to be a reason uh, mm -hmm. for that. And apparently there is this, this, this fairly kind of deep religious idea in, it's, it's kind of a cult idea called Quiverful. And it's filling the quiver. Um, and it's kind of a white supremacist idea of, always putting your seed out there to create as many children as possible to mm -hmm. further the, and they don't know if that was actually the idea or if he had some other, if he got some sort of weird sick sexual excitement out of the idea of mm -hmm. it being his kid that was go that, you know, going out there. But I mean, one of the ladies was like, and we got way off topic, but you know, whatever, it's my podcast. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> One yeah. of the ladies was like, I have a daughter who I've had to tell her, listen, if you start dating, and this is all in the Indianapolis area, if you start dating, we're going to have to get a blood test because we won't know if you're related. Whoa. Yeah. I mean, they've only found 96 up to this point. There may be oh more. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And the weird thing was at the very, very end, you know, sometimes they'll do those like title cards where they kind of tell you, they wrap up the story. One of them was since that or since the doctor had been, um, had come, not come forward, he was basically discovered. 44 other doctors have been found doing the same thing. <gasps> Ew, no, yeah. guys. Not not nearly to the um, amount that he had done, but they had <sighs> found 44 other doctors who had done the same thing. Dude, dude. I mean, if that's your jam, cool, but like, make sure you tell the moms and make sure they're cool with it, too. Consent is key. <laughs> key, always. 
But in relation anyway, to the Joker, yes. Do you? Well, I'm curious what the the connection is. Just like loving well, the, someone for another the, side. The whole idea of it got to me that these everyone in the in his church was vehemently praising him. So oh. the, like it was like he could do no wrong because he was an he'd been an elder in this church, and I kind of saw that as a, a similarity of Harley Quinn really not being able to see um, the dark side of, of Jack. Now, it's weird because in, 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 in like the standard timeline, I feel like we see Harley as the victim because she's blindly following this guy who clearly is abusive. Mm-hmm. And that's also the case here. But in this one, I almost feel like Jack is the victim in the sense that he's the victim of his mental issue because she has already sees both sides of him. So she's, she, I don't know. I'm trying to figure out a better way of saying this, but it feels like her motivations in this variation make her seem less of a sort of victim and more of a, she's trying so hard and it's clearly not work, you know, clearly didn't work and, and wasn't going to work, but her intentions in this one seem not more noble, but just more straightforward. Yeah. More understandable. Yeah, I got you. And it's it's hard because we want to see Jack for the good guy that he is. And then we also, because we've been in this universe for so long, we see the Joker and there's parts of us that love the Joker. There's people who have, I have a Joker shirt. There's people who have the Joker tattooed on them. There's a part mm-hmm. of us that like loves the Joker for his maniacness. Uh, his manicness, mm-hmm. um, but like if we're talking like relationship wise, um, I don't think that Harley sees herself as a victim in this case. I think that right. she sees herself as being in love with someone. Yes, and it's in and it's to the point that like she's abusing herself by staying in it, even though she doesn't see that, and that's all good. You know, we've all been there. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to think like. Because victim mentality to me is very much like it's his fault or, um, you know, I think that we as a victim, and this is just me riffing, it's like you Mm -hmm. claim yourself as a victim, as it were, in a very, you know, like I was abused by this person, this person um, didn't take no for an answer, but she's like Harley's never in this stance. She's always in a very powerful stance. She's very Mm -hmm. powerful and intelligent and strong um, like whether she wants to be or not and everything that she does in her life. So it's like, and we have seen Harley where it's like, she looks like we've seen her in, I mean, the cartoon, the Batman animated series where she's just like, well, I don't know. I'm just kind of dumb and I just kind of <laughs> fell for it. But this right. one's like, no, I intentionally stayed with him, even though I knew, I knew it was textbook, uh, abusive, right. you know? And it's weird to be like, I mean, you don't have to be on a side, but it's also like, who who am I rooting for? Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I totally understand that. Mm-hmm. All right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna ask this quick because there is a character that appears. Uh, we we meet uh, Renee Montoya, who's a yep. character I'm familiar with. Yep. Um, in the kind of main continuity, I believe she becomes the question, who is one of my yes. favorite characters. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved the uh, the question run that was done in the 70s and 80s by um, oh why did I just blank on his name. Oh, I can't believe I forgot his name. I'm horrible with names. Um, but <laughs> you know there's another. Re- I'm just kidding. <laughs> yes. Sometimes I don't even know my name. Ah, 
Um, I was notorious in the schools that I worked in for forgetting half the students' names at the beginning by the begin at the beginning of the year, yep. and sometimes even half the teachers' names. <laughs> I'm I'm great with faces, horrible with names. You're like I know you, but I don't know your name. Yeah, exactly. Um, can you explain to me who the character of Duke is? So, it, oh yeah, okay. So I'm um, I'm trying to remember him from the previous one, but he's just he's. And anybody who's read this series, please don't get upset at me. It's been a while since <laughs> I read the first and second in totality. And this third one, he's he works for the GPD. He's very okay. loyal dude. Um, he loves Harley for like professionally, but also like personally, not like a romantic level, but like a friendship, hmm. protective big brother level. Yeah. And he um that's that's really he's this big dude that is just he pops in every now and then and to check in on her to make sure she's okay because she just lost her two main guys, Batman and the Joker. <laughs> yeah, I like Duke a lot. He's, he's I, dope. I will say that one thing this did uh, do in, in terms of making me want to go back and read uh, the previous ones is there is clearly a relationship at the beginning of this book uh, between Harley Quinn and Bruce. Some yes. kind of relationship, and now I want to really, I really want to go back and find out what that entailed. How, there, what kind I, of relationship it was? I will say I loved what they did. I do remember very clearly thinking I love how they made Harley and and Bruce slash Batman interact in the mm -hmm. previous books because it was it was kind of sexy. Like they, <laughs> he was very protective of her. I was like, okay. You know, he's like, are you okay? You know, he and even yeah. in this one, he's very protective of her, even from behind bars and, yep. and when he escapes, too. Yep. <laughs> so Duke comes around and, and kind of informs her that they've got these cases of these Golden Age actors and actresses who are being killed. And there's kind of our MacGuffin to get her into the the crux of what is her particular arc in story throughout the, this book, uh, which was interesting. And, you know, she doesn't want to do it. She's got two kids now. And I totally understand that. I ain't got time for any of this other nonsense to do this. But you can see it. Like, you can see the the wanting to kind of relive the golden days and, and go back and do it again. And as somebody who's got uh, two kids and is in their 40s, I totally understand that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I totally uh, get that whole thing. And then we also meet uh, a character. Oh my gosh, I just blanked on his name. No surprise there. Is it the guy, the guy that loves her? Yes. What's his name? It's like. Uh, <laughs> I'm looking at him in the book. Yep, I, I've got. Face. I've got his picture, but I'm trying to find out what his name is. It's like, it's like some white dude name. Hang on. <laughs> it is some white dude name. <laughs> <laughs> it's like. Dustin. Hector. Hector Quimby. Hector. That's okay. There we go. <laughs> we'll get it. We'll get it. Yeah. Right. So Hector, Hector uh, works for, I believe, the FBI. Yeah. I think he's so. up it, there. He, he's higher than the GPD for sure. Yeah. Works mm -hmm. for a federal agency of some kind. I believe it's actually the FBI in this case. Um, and we kind of go through uh, the, the them discovering things. Mm -hmm. Um uh, clearly, at the beginning, Harley's like, no, 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 no. I work on my own. She mm -hmm. goes and sees actually another character I knew nothing about um, called Neo Joker. Yeah, okay. Yo, yo, yo. Okay. So in the first one, they reveal that there are two Harley Quinns. 
there's um you you meet like so the first harley quinn that you meet is like the regular harley quinn where you see like and it, it, i sorry i'm jumping ahead i get so sure. excited about this story <laughs> it's okay like it's one of my favorite harley stories um and i love harley so there's two harleys and the first one we meet is um, like this Harley that's like the one that we know from the Batman animated series kind of deal. Like, oh my God, the Joker, I love ya, kind of mm-hmm. deal. Yeah. And then later on, we find out that there's actually another Harley Quinn that acted kind of dumb and played along with Harley, uh, played along with the Joker, which is the one we have in this book. Mm-hmm. So the other, so what happened was there was a point where the Harleys like, they, they like, he, he like got a new Harley. <laughs> and she, cause she was done. She was done. Yeah. You're like, she's no, you're not Jack anymore. I don't know who the fudge you are. And so then, uh, this other lady comes in and she starts playing the role of Harley. And so we realize there's two and eventually she becomes the Neo Joker. Okay. So she's the, okay. The new, the latest Harley Quinn. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Honestly. And it, it, to me, it plays, that the Joker would just decide, you know what, I just, you know, if Batman can have whatever Robin he wants, I can have whatever Harley I want. Yeah. And just totally. kind of moves the moniker. And by the way, you're more than welcome to curse on here. You know, okay. I'm not trying to keep this one clean. Okay, cool. So, but. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, so that one uh, was interesting. She goes and sees, and then we, this is the only time we see her. So uh, clearly, I, I knew that she had to be some sort of throwback from the previous stories. So that's another uh, interesting thing that it will be to go back into to uh, to see, and honestly, I would I would say, this book didn't hinder me from wanting to read uh, the first one. It's actually made me a little bit more excited because now I'm like I really want to see where this goes. Yes, absolutely. Um, and I also, um, if you don't mind, uh, sure. I want to explain where the Harley Quinn, the original Harley Quinn, where she is in this book. Like, oh, okay. Everything that's happening in her life. She just lost the Joker. She just lost Bruce Wayne slash Batman. She lives in like this apartment in Gotham somewhere. She has her two hyenas, Bud yeah. and something else, who she Lou. says the hyenas, Bud and Duke? Lou, something? I think. Lou. 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 Yeah. Um, they're her babies. And she mm-hmm. said, and they're like, wait, don't you have human kids? She's like, those are my, those are my kids. Those are my children. These <laughs> right. are my babies. Yeah. So she loves her hyenas. She's like, I don't know how to be a mother. And her kids, by the way, are both Jack Napier's yep. kids. Um, and so she's like, she's got these four child, four things, four creatures to take care of. And she often forgets her kids. One time, one part, she forgets her kids at home <laughs> and goes out with her babies, her hyenas, and right. they protect her. So she's like in this stage where she does not know Kind of like what we were talking about before the podcast, like what to do next, you know, right. in life. She's like a little lost. She And there's a part in the second book where um, she tries to help Bruce Wayne not go to jail. And she sits in the police car in the front seat in the driver's seat. And he's like, Harley, what are you doing? She's like, you're not going to jail. We, we got this. You know, we'll foil him. And he's like, look, I'm going to jail. You have to be okay with it. She's like, I'm, I'm alone. He's like, you're not alone. You're lost. You just have to kind of find yourself again. And mm-hmm. so she, this is her, her journey of trying to find herself. And so when she gets back in with the GPD and starts like, like solving, solving things and trying to see the villain, you know, their plays before, um, you know, trying to figure out what they're doing and where they're going because she's definitely played on the villain side and there's, they use her because she was a villain at some point. And so she can get into that mentality 
Um, so that's kind of where she is. It's just kind of like a conglomerate of everything. And then she is, I think it's cool that she's still friends with the Neo Joker, even though Neo Joker became Joker's new girlfriend at one point, the new Harley Quinn, as it were. Yeah. But they find a sort of peace in a way. In a way. <laughs> in a way. I mean, they threaten each other, but. <laughs> yeah, no, they, but it's fine. It's, it's yeah. you know, you do that. <laughs> and we get we get a, a, a little bit of a, a kind of a cameo from Poison Ivy and Mad Hatter, which I didn't yes. quite understand why, but that may have more to do uh, if maybe they showed up in the previous uh, two ones. Not really. I think this okay. is one of those like, hey, we really want to draw the draw Ivy and the Mad Hatter. Might okay, one of those things. I don't know. They didn't really I mean, serve a purpose. And it, it looks like po- uh, it looks like Ivy is with Neo Joker now. Yeah. Uh, either either just as a partner or romantically, it's hard to tell. Um, yeah. But I I do like that dynamic because as, as most of us know, Harley, she has a, a deep relationship with Ivy, um, either be it uh, romantically or or with friends, depending on how they decide to to spin it, you know, from mm-hmm. one comic to another. Um, but they've always clearly had a very tight friendship, or at least they've played it that way. And so to see Ivy with another person. I can see tension, and actually, I'm excited to see if they delve into that. You know, if they continue to to do this story, I'm not sure if they've stopped doing this or if they're continuing more. I I didn't bother to look, but I would love to know if they are. I I would keep reading. I freaking love this series. I love the way it's written. I love the Mm -hmm. way the art. It's just it's beautiful all the way around. It's art piece, the whole thing. Well, let's let's uh, halt and talking on the plot and just talk about the art. Um. It's it's definitely a different style Harley than mm-hmm. we're used to seeing. You know, the rest of the, you know, us lame layman people who just know Harley from the movies and the stuff. I haven't read too many Harley comics. So this is really the first one I've really deep dived into. Mm-hmm. Um, other than her appearing on other, you know, books as like a guest appearance, but not as the, the star of it. Yeah. Um, and I kind of like it. I like yeah. the kind of just the short blonde hair, the glasses look she's got. Um a little bit more of the traditional sort of Harlequin-looking costume stuff she's got going on. Mm-hmm. I like it. I actually yeah. am really kind of enjoying it. They play into that a lot. They play into, like, she even has a robe that has, like, the Harlequin uh, diamonds on it that we mm-hmm. love, the black and red, some white. They play into it really beautifully in this where it's like the art isn't, like, some things are not, it's not proportional, whereas, like, mm-hmm. like at some points, her head's very small, but then her, like, whatever she's wearing, like a dress or a robe is, like, beautifully draped throughout the rest of the page. You know, it's just, like, this is, like, the fashion in this, I think, is awesome. I like I like her as well. I like her with the, the cute, like, round glasses, like, such a mom-ish look in, like, a really sweet way, you mm-hmm. know? Like, short hair so the kids don't pull it, like, round glasses because you don't want to put contacts in. You got nowhere else to go. Or whatever, and like the the red trench coat that follows her the whole time through. I, I really liked her look. Yeah, I I also found uh, their depiction of Batman to be interesting because I hadn't I hadn't gotten that far into the to the first one. He's got this really big, tall pop collar almost. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, you know what? At first, I was like, oh, I don't think I like that. But you know what? Kind of grew on me a little bit. Yeah, it's a it's like an exaggeration yeah. of him. He he's huge in this comic. Like they make him a really big burly dude in here. Yeah, very very big. Uh, mm-hmm. Would probably be played by Alan Richardson if they made him into a movie. Who's that? Uh, have you watched the show Reacher? No. At all. Uh, it's 
it's based on the Reacher books, um, which Tom Cruise actually did the movies of, uh, of. But in the books, Reacher is described as six foot five, two hundred and forty pounds or so. He's is a monster. He's yeah. a huge guy. And so, Alan Richardson, uh, did you watch the Titans series? No. <laughs> oh, oh, I mean, you really should because it's it's actually regarded. But he plays uh, Hawk of Hawk and Dove. Um, okay. He's a big guy. Um, I, I I know there's been at least one more thing I, you might recognize him from, but he plays Reacher. It's actually a fun little thing. It's it's very much it's a fun whodunit type of story, but mm-hmm. also like Reacher is this badass who just comes in and basically dominates everyone in the in the sh- in the that he meets. Sometimes physically, sometimes mentally. Ah. So it's it's just kind of it was just kind of a. Uh, not a guilty pleasure because it's actually been it's gotten a lot of good critical things. Wow, we are going on all kinds of different tangents on here. I Let's think you go. just bring Off you bring writing. this you bring this out of me, Tess. I just we just <laughs> talk we just talk stuff until you know whenever. Hey man, it relates. I'm looking at him right now. He's he's a big burly dude. I feel that. Yeah. Yeah. And so I mean, I could totally see him uh, doing that. Um, Okay, now I'm lost. Where were we? <laughs> well, we're talking about uh, the artwork and Bruce and the collar. And um, maybe, uh, do you want to talk about how Harley visits Bruce in in jail? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's she kind of uses him as uh, his, you know, as, as a bouncing off uh, person. Uh, to, to kind of basically, almost like her therapist. Mm-hmm. Almost like she goes in to talk to him about, you know, things she's worried about and... Uh, yeah. You know, and 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 just kind of just to get ideas, and and he he tells her probably what he thinks she needs to hear to move forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he's definitely a consultant in that way, and he's like his yeah, totally a therapist type thing. But they, but you can feel the chemistry, right? Like there's like kind of some romantic chemistry there too. She is, you know, it's not like she, she always like she'll do like the heart shape on the mm-hmm. window. You know, so he knows. It's like, I think it's, I don't think they would ever be together. I think it's just like, they just love each other from a distance kind of a deal. I don't Mm -hmm. think that they could be together. I don't think that, I think Bruce would go crazy if he was with Harley. And Harley would go crazy. Like, Bruce is way too tame for Harley. And Harley is way too wild for Bruce. And maybe they'd be great that way. Right. But actually, maybe they would. Because I kind of feel like that's me and my (laughs) husband sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's it, you, gotta, you know. Paul, you got to be grounded. Paula Abdul said the opposites attract, and I think she's right sometimes. That's true. Maybe they would go together. Let let's ship them, Bruce and Harley, <laughs> for sure. Actually, but I, I love. I wouldn't mind that. Actually, I, I I I could see that as a very interesting dynamic. Yes, absolutely. I mean, it worked with him and Catwoman, so. That's true. That's very true. And you know, Harley knew Catwoman. <laughs> I don't know. Let's do it. I'll put it out there. Hey. Yeah. Fourth book, come on. Yep. Put them um, so uh, we kind of move on, and eventually we do find out. We we go to uh, Hector's uh, home when we find out that uh, one of the people who was kind of a either a suspect or a potential victim by a lady by the name of Sophia Valentine is actually Hector's mom. Yes. And we go to his home, and we find out two things. One, she is not very nice to her son. Mm-mm. He's she's, got some things. She's putting him down a lot. Clearly, she blames him for mm-hmm. probably tanking her career when she yeah. was you know, a star. And then we find out that he was very clearly obsessed 
with Harley. Yep, that's why he became a psychiatrist is because he loved Harley so much. Like he, she walks into his room and he's got Harley Quinn paraphernalia everywhere. <laughs> yeah, although I do find it kind of funny and almost kind of interesting when, when um, the in, in movies and comic books and stuff they use. They go to someone's childhood home, and their bedroom still looks the exact same as it did when they left. Yeah. I don't know about you, but when I left home, that's not what happened. Now, granted, I actually shared a room with my brother all the way up until I went to college. But when I left, it became his room. Yeah, same. My little sister, same thing. She took over. So, And, and I know in a lot of other cases, and I've even told my kids, I said, listen, when you go to college, I might give you maybe two or three years, you know, especially if you're in a dorm where mm-hmm. I won't touch your room. But the second you have your own apartment, your room is mine. Yeah. To do with whatever I want. That's my new space. Well, you know what? The In, in this instance, she had a freaking mansion. I'm sure she's like, oh, I forgot that room existed. <laughs> it is entirely possible. It is entirely <laughs> possible. And the, the whole time, what I found to be a little interesting is Duke and... I think Renee have are, once they find this out, they're kind of like, well, he can't be on the case anymore. Mm-hmm. But Harley's kind of insisting that he is, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm trying to figure out, and, and maybe I missed a, a panel or two where where why this is. I was trying to figure out why she thought he needed to be there. I'm not sure. Maybe it was maybe maybe she's thinking like a psychiatrist mm-hmm. and is thinking, okay, we're gonna see windows into Sophia through him. Maybe that's why we need him. Oh, maybe. Yeah. I don't think there was anything like clearly defined. I think they were like, maybe you shouldn't be on the case. And somebody was like, it's fine. And they're like, you know, it's fine. It's fine. Which in real life, I don't think they would do that. They would absolutely insist that someone that close to the case could not be objective. Yeah. Well, look, there's a lot of loopholes in the Gotham (laughs) PD. There's a lot of things they they look to the side over. This is just very Gotham of them to be like, you know, it's fine. Uh, but we find out that uh, she was very good with bolo knives in her day. That was her mm-hmm. thing. And one of the victims was killed by a bolo knife. Dun, dun, dun. Now, here is this. There was this point when they 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 reveal something interesting because they also find out that she hired a nanny um, who I guess was an actress who, who I forget what she was auditioning for, which came over, but. For, but she said, oh, you do good with the kid. I'll hire you to be the nanny. Yeah. Uh, Harley goes to um, Hector's room, and we see that Starlet is hiding in the closet. Now, nothing happens from this. Yeah. But right before this, uh, Hector walks away. So when they did this reveal of Starlet in there, I had two thoughts. I was like, either this is going to be the nanny or this is a Norman Bates situation where Starlet is actually Hector. Oh, shit. Okay. Okay. I can see that. Yeah. Huh? That would have been a cool twist, actually. I, I think it would have been a cool twist. I'm, it didn't happen, and I'm, I was okay with that. Yeah. Uh, with kind of how they did it. Um, but in my head, like right when I get to this point, I'm like, okay, it is either going to be one of these two people. I was kind of hoping, I was like, oh, it would be a mega twist if it turned out that it was actually Hector, yeah, who was like just Ooh. psychologically couldn't, t- couldn't take this and was rebelling against his mother as basically becoming her oh, that's, to that's rebel. A, oh, see, that would have been cool because 
then it really would have played into all of these characters that have like these, you know, traumatic uh, mental instabilities. You know, it really would have played into the kind of the Joker character of like the two personalities. And this is like that would be like ultimately revenge. Let's rewrite it. Let's okay. let's call Sean Murphy and say you got to rewrite this, dude. Yeah, you got to do it again. You did it wrong. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> we we got a better one. We got a better one. Um, and then I'm gonna I'm just gonna kind of fast track us through some of the rest of this stuff mm-hmm. here. Um, uh, you know they they continue to go through. There's a lot of of uh, throwbacks to uh, Harley's relationship with the Joker, especially before he become up to the point he becomes the Joker. I would say more when he's Jack. Yeah. Um, and then we also meet the, the the producer, who to me is really the most over the top villain in this case. Yeah. It, it is very much like I I read this and I'm like I could totally see this as being an episode of Batman the animated series of kind of over the top of well, is this going to be a big show and we're going to make yeah. you a star and you're going to live in villain infamy and exactly. Gotham. And Don't you he, want that? Yeah. He 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 liked Gotham better when there was a whole rogues gallery of villains. He wants to bring the villains back, but of course he's a he's a movie producer, so he's got to do it with some some showmanship mm-hmm. and stuff. And so Starlet, it kind of becomes his first uh, rogue in this new, you know, version of Gotham since all the villains have kind of been taken care of. And Starlet then kind of rev- you know they they uh, they confront uh, Jack and or not Jack. What am I talking about? Um. Hector, Hector mm-hmm. and Hector. and um, Harley kind of confront Starlet, and then Starlet reveals her feelings for uh, Hector, which is a little weird, vibey. The sort of nanny, yeah. Veers. Now it sounds like she's she's pretty messed up mentally. Uh, it sounds like uh, Sophia probably did a, a, n- a number on her, mm-hmm. uh, you know, mental uh, stability, as it were. So yeah. Sophia's just not a good person. She really isn't. Now she's not. I feel like she was, and she took on like the mother role to Hector when he was younger. And then I didn't take it as a romantic vibe. Did you take it as a romantic vibe at the end? I I did a little bit. Okay. Uh, they they played it off a little bit as such. Um, now I can't remember. She was a, probably a young actress, maybe maybe late teens, eighteen, nineteen, maybe early twenties. I can't remember if they said specifically. Um, but I can't remember how old Hector was when they started this. I feel like he was like five or six. Yeah, he was young when we first. Seen he was him young. In like old so that's movies. like a that's like a fifty. I mean, he looks like he's definitely in his mid twenties now. So mm-hmm. Starlet has to be close to forty at this point. Yeah. Um, I mean, at that point, it's a age doesn't really matter because you're past the point of of consent. However, you choose to to see that. But I definitely feel like there was some romantic feelings i do feel like it was more of a connection over the hatred of sophia yeah uh, I see that. she was horrible to you she was horrible to me that's our connection here mm-hmm. um go ahead and you no know, yeah she uh she got the bolo knives from sophia that's how mm-hmm. she was able to get her signature for it and it's cool i actually like the artwork here as well when they show the characters even when they show like the murder victims unfortunately um, they're painted in black and white because they were all originally black and white movie stars. Yes. And then her signature is Starlet. Her signature is a black, like she, she paints herself in like a gray. Now I shouldn't say black and white. It's like a gray. So her clothes mm-hmm. are gray. She's, you know, black hair, white there. Um, but she would have made a really cool villain actually. 
Like, yeah. you know, if they kept going with her, I, I like the premise of, of her villainy. Yeah. I was, I was, I was fine with that too. I can see it as to why they just did it for this. Mm-hmm. So I'm not that surprised, but I, I agree with you. And another, honestly, another one I could have seen as a good uh, villain for the animated series too. I think yeah. fit, would fit really well in that sort of art deco style of Batman. Absolutely. Um, and then in true kind of comic book and even storytelling fashion, it's sort of a darkest before the dawn. Um, Star- Starlet sets Harley Quinn's apartment on fire. So sad. And uh, we think that we're going to lose one of the kids, and unfortunately we lose one of the babies. <laughs> Lou saves the daughter, and unfortunately in turn we lose Lou. And so sad. It was very sad. And yeah. uh, I, I think they underplayed it a little bit because I think they had to. They had to um, keep moving they, forward. Yes, yeah. they absolutely had to keep moving. And so, and even in the story, I can understand how, um, you know, you if you're so focused on a job, even if something else happens, there's either two ways of, of I mean, I'm sure there's more, but in my mind, there's two ways of reacting. Either you shut down and mourn, or you use what you're already doing to motivate yourself forward. Sure. Um, it's kind of like when we talked uh, Serenity back over on BFOP. Yeah. Um, how we lose Wash. Spoiler alert if you've never seen Serenity. And <laughs> Zoe is like, afterwards, you think she would just be devastated, but she's in this focused mindset. And I think that's her coping. First of all, she had a military background, so I think she fell back mm. into her training uh, as, a, as a military person to be like, this is how I'm going to get through this. Because if I focus on my loss... We're, I'm not going to come out of here alive. Well, everybody else is going to die too. She's yes. in charge of everybody at that yeah. point. Yeah. And so I, I, I feel like they kind of do that a little bit with Harley here in that, okay, this is she's definitely going to have to mourn at some point, but there's a killer on the loose and stuff is happening right now and she has to get through this in order to be able to get to that point. Yes, yes. And I, I feel you on the underplayness. I mean, I know they had to move forward with the story. I know that Harley had to move forward, but like, it was really well. No, actually, she did. Uh, she so Bruce Wayne escapes prison to mm-hmm. make sure that he can help Harley, and he dons her with a new Harlequin outfit. Yes, which I, like, I liked. I thought it yeah. was it was clever. It was more stealthy, made a little bit more sense for that sort of thing. Yeah, it was in the the Batman colors of a dark gray and a black, mm-hmm. but with Harley Quinn diamonds and such, and it yep. was. Uh, like bulletproof or whatever, right. um, but she puts on loose collar, you know, as like, a, all right, let's go, let's get this yeah. bitch. Like, she's going down. Yeah. Something to to help keep her motivated to know why she's moving forward, right? You know, beyond right. beyond her children. Right. Um, and then we kind of we go through the last uh, little bit. Um, they try to Starlet tries to kill Sophia, and everyone else uh, interacts. And unfortunately, Hector gets shot when one of the, or not shot, he gets stabbed when one of the knives bounces off of Harley Quinn's new uniform and into Hector. Mm-hmm. Which is which is sad too. There's two deaths in this whole thing. If I'm, yeah. Well, I mean, other than the, the murder victims, of course. Yeah. 
But uh, yeah, he she she's sad because he had a lot of potential as an officer, as it were, and a psychiatrist. And he just also loved her. And I think that Harley loves anybody that loves her, not because she needs, um, not because she needs attention by any means, but because I think she's more motherly than she likes to admit. Mm-hmm. You know, I definitely yeah. think she started seeing him in like a motherly side kind of deal. So it was really sad. But yep. like the it's it's funny because like this is just an anecdote of um, the producer. Like he literally it was like his whole plan, his whole scheme was like foiled within one comic. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. he's going down. He's done. He's he's going into jail or whatever. But it's about it's not even about this. It's like they used this the producer story to show what Harley is going through after these traumatic events and how the way that she can get through this is to to work, to use mm-hmm. her skills, the, to use her experience to help others. I mean, she didn't save this guy Hector, but she saved lots of future victims, mm-hmm. like lots yeah. of future murder victims. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so... She we we end the story. She defeats uh, Starlet and then the producer, and then we kind of have to figure out oh, what is she going to do next, mm-hmm. and because she no longer has an apartment, <clears throat> and of course, in true White Knight fashion, Bruce comes through and basically gives her. I couldn't tell if it was his his building or an apartment, um, yeah. but uh, it was it's clearly related to the Batcave. Because uh, we end with her kind of sitting in front of the bat computer, and oh, that's yeah. that's where the story ends. I love it with with her hyena. Oh yeah, and she gets a new hyena baby. Yep, he sends Bruce. her he sends her a new one, little pup. And yeah. so she's got all of her her kids, her new pup, and her older hyena baby. And um, and she says, "I'll do you proud, bats." And she's in front of the computer, like you said. So. It's. It's a sweet story. It's like it it's it's a bittersweet story. Yep. So uh, I would like to know, you know, your your final thoughts, and you know what, we'll we'll do a rating system, best okay. of five. What you think of this story? Okay. Um, I give it. Did you say five? Yeah. Five, five. hyenas. <laughs> for sure. Out of five. Um, out of five. Yeah, out of five. Um, I obviously love this story. I think it's a fantastic new take on Harley Quinn. It gives her so much more empowerment. Like she is not like this bonkers, crazy lunatic lady. Not that there's anything wrong with that. You do you, (laughs) but, um, she, I like that they empower her because I've always felt that Harley has another story. There's another reason why she stays with Joker. And like I mentioned umpteen times before, I feel like this series and this book alone grounds the characters and it especially grounds Harley in her actions and her feelings for Jack slash the Joker. I freaking love mm-hmm. it. Um, I <laughs> am going to give this one, I'm going to give it a four out of five. Okay. Uh, four out of five uh, retractable yellow mallets, uh, which <laughs> okay. is something you actually yes. see. Uh, she he gives her Batman gives her a new mallet that actually looks like a small hammer, but then it folds out into a large one. Um, cool. I will be honest; I actually had a hard time at the beginning getting into this. It was a little slow. Plus, I didn't know everything in the backstory, so I didn't know what was going on. So at first, I was like, "Oh man, this is gonna this is gonna be a slow burn for me." Um, and especially through all of the backstory stuff, 
And then actually once we started to get into the main story, I started to really get into it more and then didn't have as hard of a time when we flashed back to all of her older stuff with Jack. Yeah. And to the point where I was like, all right, I'm really digging this. And then plowed. I did this in two sessions. And the first session was brief. And the second one, I plowed all the way through to the end because uh, okay. I really did enjoy it. Um, I like the character of Harley Quinn. I've never loved the character, but also like I kind of watched the Batman animated series when I was a kid. Not as much as my brother did. He he, you know, that was his thing. Uh-huh. Um, I was a little bit past that point uh, when that came out, but I still watched it from time to time. Um, so Harley Quinn has never been a huge character that I followed, but I really liked her take in here. As I said, I really liked her justification in this case, for her relationship with Jack and the Joker. Yeah. And it made me interested to see if they continue this story and where it's going to go. Now I'm going to need to go back and finish reading the first two parts so I can really get the backstory of everything. Mm-hmm. But I I enjoyed living in this world. And so I'm, I'm interested to go back. Oh, cool, cool. I think I, I have a feeling you really like the first two. Uh, I forgot to mention it's very, it gets very political, like, Jack Napier becomes a politician and he creates Uh the Napier Initiative, which is like to really just bring to light, as it were, uh, Batman and everything he's done. So I'm uh, I know you have a long list of comics, (laughs) but uh, even if you let me know in a year when you finally get back to it, if you read it, I'd really like to know what you think. Awesome. Well, if I if I get to that point and it takes me a year, then I'll have you back on and we can discuss it again. Perfect. So before we go, uh, go ahead and let uh, everyone know where they can find you out there on the interwebs. Yeah, you can find me um, at the Nerd Twins podcast. It's a super cool podcast where my best friend, best friend, did I say that? Best friend, <laughs> uh, Chels um, and I, we hang out on the podcast airwaves and we talk about anything we want from Elvira to Disneyland. We talk about anything we want. It's really cool. Uh, it's called Nerd Twins Pod on Instagram. Nerd Twins Pod. Check it out. Check it out. All right, thank you again to Tess, and this was another episode of Comics Underground. I'm John, and I'm the host of Action Action. Every week, I'm joined by James. hey And Dustin. Hello. And each week, we review, debate, and rank a different action movie. We're creating the ultimate list of action movies. From awful to awesome. So if you want to hear three more white guys with beards talk about action movies. And argue about where they belong on our list. And decide you hate us because we've made fun of your favorite movie. Join us every Tuesday, and you can find us on your favorite podcatcher. And Steven Seagal is a joke.